Bottom of the Smash Mountain, Season 2, Episode 6, Tier List Reaction, and Fighting Party? Welcome to the podcast. I am Jesse, and we have a few different things that we're going to talk about this evening, or this morning, depending on when you are listening. And the first thing is the tier list, so I won't try to hold you up, but also after that... I look into a tweet made by Dan Fornis reacting to a post on Reddit about casuals and competitives, about the party game aspect of Smash and the competitive fighting game aspect of Smash. And then, at the very end, we talk a little bit about, well, why podcasts? So that's that's basically it for today. I have no guests, so if there's going to be a drop in the listenership of today's podcast as compared to a normal podcast where I do have a guest on with me, well, so be it. But occasionally I do feel the need to solo podcast. It will happen. So let's not waste any more time for you. Let's get to this tier list discussion slash me monologuing, actually. <laughs> I'm not really discussing with anyone. I'm just firing off my thoughts. Don't want to hold back any longer. No more. No more. We have to talk about the 13th official Super Smash Brothers Melee tier list. Presented by PG Stats, coordinated by Ryobeat and Practical Tasks. It's the newest tier list and it's the newest one since 2015. If you're wondering about the other 12 tier lists in the past, those were compiled by the Smashboards backroom, Melee backroom on Smashboards. And now we are doing something new. We I, I did not help at all with this, nor did I offer my opinion, nor <laughs> should I offer my opinion because my opinions are my own. And I have things to say about this tier list, but I'm trying to get all the info to you. Go to pgstats.com. This article talking about the methodology of the list, the means of how it was compiled, who contributed, all of those things. You can find all that in the PG Stats article by Andrew Practical Tasks Nestico. Nest I'm not entirely sure. I'm so sorry if I'm getting your last name wrong. But you know who Practical Tasks is. That is a great follow on Twitter as well. So here is the tier list. I'm not going to pay attention to the SAB plus minus stuff. I'm just going to read it from top to bottom, starting with the voted number one character all the way down to the voted last character. I gave you all the information that you need to find this tier list so that you can look at it while I look at it, while you listen to me and I talk. <laughs> Let's get started. Fox, Marth, Jigglypuff, Falco, Sheik, Captain Falcon, Peach, Ice Climbers, Pikachu, Yoshi, Samus, Luigi, Dr. Mario, Ganondorf, Mario, Donkey Kong, Young Link, Link, Mr. Game and Watch, Mewtwo, Roy, Pichu, Ness, Zelda, Kirby, Bowser. And that makes the tier list. So, Fox being voted number one, 
that kind of makes sense. The people who put this together, sorry, the people who contributed to the official tier list is the MPGR 2019 ranked players. 64 submissions there, and then Armada also contributed to this list. Oh, sorry, 63 of the 2019 MPGR top 100, then Armada. So that's how this tier list came to be. So if you're thinking to yourself, based on what I'm seeing and the names that you read out, this sort of feels outdated, that's because it is. The biggest, most obvious example of this being that Ice Climbers is so high. In the modern era, the online era, I should say, because modern era <laughs> is basically now. So when this podcast is happened upon by somebody a year from now, they'll be like, huh, he said modern era. I'm really specifically trying to say in the online era where we have been playing online rollback specifically for not quite a full year, wobbling has been banned. If you don't know what wobbling is, it's an infinite combo that the Ice Climbers character can perform on any character on practically any stage, assuming no hazards that interrupt the combo. But obviously in the context of competition where there's only a certain amount of stages that are legal, it's almost certain that regardless of context, it's an infinite combo that can be performed. You can mash out at lower percents, but at a certain point, it's just basically you are screwed. You get grabbed by ice climbers, they start wobbling, you start crying. <laughs> that's the basic that's the basic TLDR. Now you know, and it's almost it's almost something that I've totally forgotten about, honestly. There are a few notable Ice Climbers player Slug comes to mind, but there are others as well that I'm f currently forgetting about. Hey, Wisely is a pretty good Ice Climbers player, but Wisely still getting up to speed on the box-style controller, so we shall see in that regard for future tournament placings. But I'm not Melee Stats podcast, the Melee Stats Collective. I wish I could have somebody like Wheat or Edwin Budding, Amber Sinister on... Dark Gen X? Anyway, the the invite is open, I guess, <laughs> for future episodes where you can calmly tell me, you know, Jesse, if you really have gripes with this tier list, you are, really ought to make your own. And that's true, but I'm not going to out of principle. <laughs> I've never made a tier list in my life before, and I'm not going to now. I just like talking about the official ones. In 2015, when the last one came out, I remember, and I thought, okay, cool. I wish I could talk about this in some capacity or make a video on it, but I'm not gonna because that's not me. That's not who I am or all the excuses, right? But this is 2021, Jesse, and I'm doing a podcast, and this is very relevant to a podcast, very relevant. Of course, people want to talk about tier lists. Here I am doing it, and it's awesome. These are our my these are our my own opinion type takes and such. Zach, did I make that clear? Anyway. The, f the 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 big thing of course like i said ice climbers is so high so so high i don't know if ice climbers deserves to be at 8 in particular above pikachu and yoshi sans wobbling it gets a little bit more interesting after that if you want to say luigi dr mario ganondorf and mario can overtake ice climbers but they are still a semi decent character they just have the 
issues of being the ice climbers and they're they're really light and they don't really move great in the air they move great along the ground because wave dashing but not super great in the air the aerials are not awesome not really anything to write home about and be like wow back air notwithstanding occasionally down air i'll see an up air or two against spaces but it is somewhat challenging to watch ice climbers play in bracket nowadays because when you have the rare occasion of seeing them you're trying to go what are they exactly looking for what are they trying to do in this specific matchup in a spaces matchup against falco or fox it makes sense just combo food the spacey and then hopefully get an edge guard but I'm not a melee expert, so I'll let somebody else talk about it. I also haven't gotten a chance to catch up on the melee content that I have in my watch later list. It's rather long. I'm approaching 200 videos. I really need to try to catch up on that. So tier list discussions I have not really seen other than Twitter takes. Another character that stands out to me is Link. Why is Link ranked below Young Link and Donkey Kong in particular? I would love to have seen Link Low, that is the Link of Aklo, who is a very good Link player, but also Safe State, also other people who play as Link are indeed out here, are indeed putting in the work. And I've seen Link in top eights, but have I seen Donkey Kong in top eights? I believe Rishi has a very mean Donkey Kong secondary, but I don't know if I've seen a lot of Donkey Kong in top eights in the online era. That's the main reason why. Of course, Young Link, maybe Young Link deserves to be ahead of Link because Axe does have a super awesome Young Link. Super, super good. And that Young Link has been in top eights also. Maybe I would just put Donkey Kong below Young Link and Link. So instead of being Donkey Kong, Young Link, and Link, it would be Young Link, Link, Donkey Kong. Maybe that's how I would do it. It's also interesting to me how Roy also hasn't hopped above maybe perhaps Mewtwo just because of Don't Test Me, Zane, showing that Roy can indeed, <laughs> can indeed produce results. Even winning an online tournament over Ginger and a few other really good players that I can't remember because this was this was earlier on in the online era. This was before rollback. So it's probably it makes sense that I don't I'm I'm thinking, but I feel like that might have been one of the few, if not the only, tournament that Zane was able to win with Roy, going all Roy. And other than that, I guess I could complain about other things about this tier list, but firstly Marth being at number two right behind Fox makes total, total sense. There, the meta is more current. The online era and Zane's dominance is properly reflected. Marth has had periods in Melee's history of being really relevant and a lot of people using the character as a secondary or going solo Marth and people going Marth is a top top character and can be the best character in the game but I feel that in the 2010s and until Zane has started to become really relevant to number one player in the world conversations that Marth sort of took a bit of a backseat and now with Zane 
you can see that the character is more valued. Another interesting thing to me is how Jigglypuff is above Falco. The only reason why I find that odd is because Jigglypuff has a lot less representation, but of course the most important representation is the traditional number one ranked player in the world, that is Hungrybox, is a Jigglypuff main. So we all understand that between Fox, Marth, Jigglypuff, Falco, and possibly a few more characters, but those four in particular can be the best character in the game. I think a lot of people say that. That's something that I agree with. I don't know without being more melee intelligent about Sheik, Captain Falcon, but they could be. I just feel like most of the time we're all saying Fox, Marth, Jigglypuff, Falco, and that's what I feel like I agree with as a very inexperienced melee person. <laughs> Again, this is why it would be fun to have somebody else on, but I want to fire off you know, my opinion and not make somebody else feel like, ugh, this guy is an idiot. Why am I on the podcast with this goober? So I am willing to sound like an idiot by myself, and that way nobody else has to. I'm just putting my thoughts out here. I really am. I'm out here. Let's see. Should Yoshi be a bit higher? Higher than Pikachu and Ice Climbers? Maybe. Higher than Peach? I stop at Captain Falcon. Yoshi can't be better than Captain Falcon. Or can he? See, that's so interesting to me. I still feel like because... Amsa and Whiskers are the two notable Yoshi mains that I can think of off the top of my head and no more. Yoshi is still not a very heavily used character, and it's not like there's a number one player in the world making Yoshi more relevant. But these are very interesting things to consider. And to get try to give more compliments to this list because I don't want to just be tearing it apart the whole time. I love that Kirby is not the worst character in the game, that it's still Bowser. It's a shame because I was a big Bowser fan and Kirby fan <laughs> as a casual, which I'm, I'm still not really much more than a casual, but I know what Wave Dashing is, so I love Falco. That's who, that's who I would love to play as in the future when this this lack of being able to play online and lack of IRL tournaments changes for me, and the IRL in particular changing for all of us. But we are still trying to play it safe and help COVID not be as much of a thing. I am looking forward to playing as Falco, like I said, but in the past, Kirby and Bowser, those were my people. Those were my characters, and... It's tough to see them at the bottom there, I'll be honest. Even below someone like Zelda and Ness and Pichu, the simple fact of the matter is, is that they're both really limited in their abilities to do like anything. Recover, combo, KO, edgeguard. That's, that's why. So that pretty much wraps up the tier list discussions. Other than me saying I... I'm not going to make my own tier list. I am very happy overall with this one, I feel. Even if I did have complaints and I wanted to fire off some hot takes out there, although they're probably actually not really that hot, I didn't say Ness should be top tier, right? So <laughs> I wanted to at least talk about it a little bit. It's a relevant discussion. It's going to be in the title of the podcast. So 
now we have done that. And it's time to record another segment that I will get to once I'm done talking here and I should stop talking and maybe you'll hear me talking and got some more interesting topical things that I would like to talk about. We are not done. We are not done. This is at Dan Forness on Twitter. D-A-N-F-O-R-N-A-C-E. If you're wondering who this is, Dan is the creator of Rivals of Ether and other video games, according to the Twitter bio here. Twitter bio here. So congratulations. That is obviously a very successful game and inspired from Super Smash Brothers and is a great follow on Twitter, including this Twitter post here that was made, let's see, today, earlier this morning, as in way early, according to my time at 5.08 a.m., so I'm not exactly sure, but whenever the tweet was actually made, this is what it says. So this is me quoting Dan now. The thread at the top of the Switch subreddit has made me realize the days of a game being extremely popular and not being optimized and pushed to its limits are over. And frankly, it's the internet's fault. Whoa! 4,900 likes, 132 quote tweets, 645 retweets. So people have reacted. Opinions have been made. There are more things that Dan has added, but you can... Oh, wow. That's a lot of things. It's <laughs> <The laughs> more than just a few tweets below to contextualize the statement. I will allow you to go onto Dan's Twitter to read the rest of it because we need to read the post that Dan was referring to. So this is a post that was made on Reddit, I'm guessing, because it's got upvotes next to it. I'm not a Reddit user, so I'm not entirely 1,000% sure. But this post was made by 20 underscore below. The word 20 is the word. See, I already said what I was trying to say. It's the word 20, not 20 underscore below. 20 word underscore below. This is a pseudo rant. And I have no idea if this is viewed as an unpopular opinion or not. So please forgive me. I really miss the days when Smash Bros. was viewed as a party game and not a fighting game. Maybe this is me being an old man yelling at the clouds, but being able to have anyone jump in and being able to play was a lot of fun. Nowadays, trying to get a local group together in Ultimate is very difficult, and there's always that one friend that can annihilate you because they view the game as a fighting game, where they obsess with frames, recoveries, metas, and tears, and they always... Bro, only battlefield stages, no items, come on, this is the only way I can play. I'm on the other side of the fence. I love playing with items on and having stage effects on. That's what makes the game fun, at least in my eyes. The thrill of everyone running towards a Pokeball or any other item to use to change the tides of the battle is so much fun. But now a majority of people want to play without items, and God forbid you play a stage with effects on it. And call me crazy, but I like Final Smashes. The skill gap in online play is also crazy. Feels like no matter how many videos I watch or how much practice I do to quote-unquote get good, it's never enough. And I'll get my ass head into me in a matter of seconds in online play. This may be a common stance, so again, please, be, please forgive me. 
but it really does feel but it really does feel smash games especially ultimate were made as a party game first and the fan base brute forced the game to be a fighting game i've brought this point and opinion up to friends and individuals who very closely follow the smash community and they always ridiculed me saying that the game has evolved and that i suck at the game and of course the you're just upset because you can't get good my favorite is well those options are still there so play how you want to play and let us play how we want to play well, the only problem is no one wants to play with items on and non-Battlefield stages. I've only started following the Smash community lately, so I'm playing a little bit of catch-up. I've always just played with friends on the couch, but I really am starting to feel like Smash just isn't the game for me anymore, which is sad as I grew up on these games. Edit spelling. Thusly ends the post. You got some feels? You got some emotions? Well, so do I. I feel like I'm in a unique position because as much as I love competitive Smash, I also enjoy com casual, excuse me. I also enjoy casual Smash, right? So I'm not the kind of person who's going to get on your case about how you like to enjoy the game. However you enjoy the game is however you enjoy the game. Sure, there's room for teasing, but I'm not going to actually make you feel like a horrible person for saying I love Final Smashes. Hey, so do I. Final Smashes are really fun. When I get competitive, I get really annoyed because I view it as another block to having the true even scales of competition. But if you really want to go all that way, technically, wouldn't you try to have only one stage and only one character you can play using only one specific controller that's the same between both competitors and then eliminating online play altogether because there's always shenanigans with online play the true evening evening the true flattening of all possible shenanigans to hinder competition has not even happened in melee and melee is almost a 20 year old game we have little nuances and little things that the top players love to complain about such as the platforms on fountain of dreams i was going to say fod but i'm going to say it because there might be someone listening to the well you're probably not you probably know what fod means <laughs> but fountain of dreams or how about randall the little cloud on yoshi's island or is it yoshi's story it's yoshi's story i gotta write the first time i said yoshi's story the first time don't go back and listen Alrighty, and the point of all of this to say is that i love the little tiny wrinkles i love that there's online play and that it's not 100% perfect. I love that there are things like IMO should be replayed. There are different little isms in Melee, even in Melee, where you would think, oh, they just have it all figured out. That's not true. Wobbling, I've talked about this in the tier list thing. Wobbling was only just recently banned. And so there's all kinds of little things like that where I, as a spectator, really enjoy, and I have not played nearly enough competitive, nearly enough tournaments, that is to say zero tournaments, that would actually make me say, actually, just keep it on Final Destination or just keep it on Battlefield and let's get rid of all the stages entirely for Melee or do the same for Ultimate, any Smash game. Rivals of Ether. Shoutouts, Dan. So... 
the person who was making the post 20 underscore below, I do sympathize a little bit with where you're coming from here, where you feel like I'm the only one in the room that wants to enjoy the game for what it is and not be deliberate about winning as much as possible or improving as as you're playing. In other words, ignoring the aspect of fun, you could say. And the way they put it is definitely the eye-catching kind of thing where they said, I think that Smash as a fighting game is not what I want it to be. I want it to be a party game. Don't worry. You're not the only person who thinks that. Masahiro Sakurai thinks the same thing too. <laughs> and has deliberately done things in Smash games after Melee that have hindered the competition side of things. But it's interesting to hear this. On the Smash community internet where people talk and people interact, I guess for myself, I follow the competitive community so much that I don't see the casual side of things, the people who are posting things just to post and to say, I had this really funny thing happen with items on the other day. Wow, Melee's so fun. Or even with Ultimate, I feel like I only see competitive clips or people playing friendlies or money matches and it's really serious, sweaty competition, that sort of thing. And then something happens and it's clipped and we all go, oh, that combo was awesome. Or, oh, what an edge guard. Or, wow, what a Dragon Ball Z moment where they're both like, dying or in the process of flying off the stage and then one of them has to fly off the stage and die first to end the match those sort of things I'm used to seeing on my timeline and that's what I like to see despite the fact that again I have not technically competed in in melee or any smash tournament I am really about the competitive side of things and I really enjoy watching all the competition that I'm able to Gallant Melee Open Spring Edition being the most recent example, but we also have an East Coast tournament called the Austin Melee Bender coming up this weekend, April April 3rd and 4th. Yes, Saturday and Sunday. That's going to be super awesome to watch. It's going to have a lot of great players, and you should absolutely 1,000% tune in. All that to say, that's where I am. But I feel like I understand a little bit of where... 20 underscore below is coming from because they're trying to say hey i feel like i'm the only one in the room or i feel like i'm the only one on the internet here i feel like how i want to enjoy the game nobody else is there with me part of the reason why i started this podcast is because i felt like i was looking around in the discourse of competitive melee and a little bit of competitive ultimate. It is bottom of the Smash Mountain after all. And thinking to myself, where are all the people who watch and spectate the game and really enjoy watching but don't play as much? Where are those people? And why aren't they talking about it? Because I feel like there's a lot of lurkers in chat, right? It's sort of along that lines. Like, where are the people who magically tune in for the big tournaments and then seem to be totally missing otherwise? And I feel like I'm one of those people, except I'm starting to get into this more and more. Now I'm starting to look at locals. Now I'm starting to pay attention, in my specific instance, Central PA, 717 Melee, and I'm going, 
I am loving this whole fan Chris competition where everyone's trying to beat fan Chris is what I'm saying. Shout outs to fan Chris, fantastic Falco player, central PA whoop whoop. And people like Hoborg trying to really get after fan Chris with the Luigi. And uh, as an aside, I'm sorry, Hoborg, you did not get fan Chris this past weekend at the one hosted by saps smash at Penn state. You get it but you'll hopefully do it at some point, and I love the competition and the rivalry aspect. All that to say, going back to me thinking, where are the people who enjoy the game but don't play it as much? So that's where I decided, I think I can actually do a podcast where I'm that voice, not to speak on behalf of all of you lurkers in chat or the silent majority, the people who haven't really entered a lot of brackets or maybe not entered any like myself, but just love watching the game and watching the players play the game. I don't want to always speak on those other people's behalf, but that's that's the bracket I'm in. Now, when I started this podcast, I was thinking I was going to get internet pretty quickly. I was finally going to do it. I was going to finally have access to high-speed internet because that was not a readily available thing in my area, only to be told no by the landlords. So that sucks. So I still can't actually play in tournaments, but by now I was assuming I would be. I was able to podcast word pivot and talk about other things as well as have people on for interviews, and that has all been lovely. But that's also sort of an update of where I am and the things that are on my mind as it pertains to my participation in the melee sphere for now it's just content creation and by content creations i mean talking into a microphone stumbling over words and then putting it out there for you all to hopefully fall asleep to no one by the way <clears throat> no one has gotten back to me and said jesse i use your podcast to fall asleep at night where are those people <laughs> sorry I just really want to hear somebody tell me that because that's that's a goal of mine, okay? I want someone to tell me that I am so boring or my podcast is so irrelevant to them that it's the perfect way for them to fall asleep. <laughs> Come on, dang it. That still counts as a listen. <laughs> I'll get that at some point. I'm I'm obviously begging for it a little bit right now, but don't worry. It it will happen at some point. Any feedback that you have is appreciated, but yes, that is what I'm hoping for and and really assuming that has to happen at some point. At some point for the popular podcasts of the world, they get told by a person or a group of people who say, your podcast is perfect to fall asleep to. Maybe if I tried to actually have a segment where I was even more monotone and spoke very softly or did the ASMR thing, maybe that would actually result in someone saying, oh, you're great to fall asleep too. But do I even want that to be a thing? See, now I'm starting to think about this. Oh my gosh, do I want somebody to say, you help me fall asleep? Because then I think to myself, this is weird. I'm in someone else's room through the phone, but in their room helping, oh gosh, oh gosh. Do I even want that feedback now? I need to do a lot of thinking and the next time that I have a thought that I think to myself is a good idea to share with you all, maybe I should not be as fast to share it because that was that was fun and I was having fun with that, but what if someone's seriously like not weird about it, but maybe makes it a little bit weird? <laughs> 
I have screwed myself so hard in this topic of conversation and these tangents that I'm going on. So please excuse me. I'm sorry. If somebody really does want to tell me that I helped them fall asleep because I'm boring or whatever, because you mean it in a way that's sort of like you might want to actually get better at your podcasting thing. That is what I was looking for in particular, not for the person who is intentionally trying to fall asleep while listening to the podcast. It's just more of like, I was really hoping to be entertained by this. I love melee content, but uh, not that much. You kind of suck. <laughs> <laughs> to wrap up the casual versus competitive, the party game versus the fighting game, and what Dan was saying about how the internet has ruined that. Of course, I'm sure that in the contextual subtweets, the tweets that were added to the thread, Dan probably said, look, both sides have a value. They have drawbacks. They have their place. And whichever camp you fall into is all good. Let's assume that Dan said something to that effect. And if not, you just you just got to go and read the tweets yourself like I will after I'm done talking about this. But I want to add in my thoughts still where I'm saying that is how I feel. Competitive and casual each need to be there. They sort of support each other in a weird way. And in my own mind, that's how I feel. If it was just all competitive, I feel like no one would be able to ramp up to competitive right away. And if there were, if there were, so if there were no casual, there, there would just be competitive. Everyone would feel pushed out. And then if there was just only casual, then the person who wants to be the best, who wants to say, I am the best and no one else cares, that's sad too. They just go be the best at something else, probably, but what if this is the game that they really enjoy and also want to be good in? I think a good point that Dan is sort of shooting for here in that 20 underscore below is trying to make a point of is that you want to find other people who enjoy doing things like video games, Smash in particular, Ultimate in particular, because I get the impression that 20 Below is an Ultimate fan, but that whatever the activity is, you want to try to find people who are sort of in your wheelhouse of how you like to enjoy it. And hopefully that 20 Below can find other people who are like that. Got enough upvotes and comments, I'm sure, that somebody out there was like, hey, I'm... I love Final Smashes too. Let's play on on Palatina's Temple or whatever the heck it's called. <laughs> Shoutouts to some of my friends who love Palatina's Temple as well. It is a tough stage to play on. <laughs> In Ultimate, I mean. Very big. So hopefully that happens for 20 Below, and hopefully it happens for anyone who wants to enjoy Smash or another activity hobby to find like-minded people as a competitive person you would actually think that they would be willing to accept all forms of competition but even that's not true a novice a beginner and that would be where i would be if i started to actually practice tech skill and want to get better i couldn't start by playing a top player or even playing a top 2000 rank type player there are easily thousands and tens of thousands of players that would be able to kick my butt so hard in melee right now so the question is 
how do I get better and how do I feel motivated to get better? The idea for me would be to find someone who's sort of in the same vein as me, a 25-ish year old person who has enjoyed Melee for a while but is now starting to finally try to get better at the game. And maybe I won't ever go better than two and two in a bracket, even the locals bracket. Maybe that won't be me, but I want to find out. Eventually, I want to start that path. I just have to actually be able to have enough resources to do that. But for now, podcasting it is. And the end. And like I said, to 20 below, I hope you find that group or those people who enjoy Final Smashes and Pokeballs and casual Smash play. And that the party game aspect of it is not forgotten in the internet sphere. And to people who are saying to you, 20 below that you need to get good and that you are basically a pleb and whatever else. Ignore the haters. Those people need to try to work on being more welcoming. That is something that I feel we should all try to do, regardless of how you view a game. If someone else likes the game too, you already have a lot of amazing things in common. If you enjoy the game differently or you treat it differently or one of you calls it a party game one of you calls it a competitive fighting game you still like the same game either melee or ultimate or just the smash franchise in general so that would be awesome if you decided as you and the other person despite having differences that it's still really cool that we both like this game all right well that's pretty much all i got to say on that i have ranted and bunny trailed enough let's record another segment So the last thing I want to get into for today, for this evening, if you listen to this as soon as it goes live, live, bless you, by the way, for for doing that and for listening in, is it's a bit of a housekeeping thing. It's a bit of me trying to acknowledge and also say not going to get into it. So essentially, there are bad news that break through either as the country-wide level or the nationwide, sorry, I just said countrywide, the worldwide level. And those things happen pretty much every day. There's really sad tragedies or bad news or things that people get upset over justifiably or maybe just sort of bandwagoning along with everybody else regardless those sort of things happen and even things within the smash community and even even things within the melee community negative things do occasionally happen or there is some particularly nasty discourse on a day-to-day basis or maybe just that pops up every once in a while on the melee twitter which is where i'm more active in and I I just got to say, it's not something that I feel particularly motivated to get into in podcast form anyway. I see it and I acknowledge it. And when it comes to any sort of thing that negative elite, that negatively affects people within the communities and the community, I think, I, I, well, well wishes and hope that it works out for the better Uh, but like I don't know everyone personally and 
I also don't want to pretend that I have all the answers. I don't want to pretend that I have it all together. But I also don't want to speak to things that I either have no knowledge of or little knowledge of that's along the lines of a more serious discussion. For tier lists, I'll be a dummy and an idiot about it, but I'm not going to do that for more sensitive topics. And I'm not going to speak as someone with any sort of clout authoritative person. That's not me. I'm trying to stay in my own lane, more or less. So to people who listen to my podcast on a semi-regular basis, first of all, thank you. Secondly, if you wonder, oh, so this piece of news popped up onto Reddit or Twitter in Melee spheres particularly, wonder if Jesse's going to talk about it on the podcast. Usually the answer is no. I'm not going to. Most of the time I see and acknowledge or just see, observe things happening as they happen or or hear about it afterwards, read it about it afterwards because I do scroll quite a bit on Twitter. It might actually be a little bit of a problem, but (laughs) anyway, I don't think I want to use this podcasting platform that I have made so far It's a small platform, but it is a platform nonetheless to fire off takes about negative and sensitive things. So I don't want to present at all times that I'm a 100% positive person and that there's nothing wrong with the world. But maybe perhaps you get that impression sometimes, or maybe perhaps you think that I'm deliberately trying to ignore things that are bad. Uh, If you've listened to a few of my interviews Negative things are brought up and acknowledged and talked about where I try to let the other person contribute more to that conversation because I treat the person, the guest, whoever that may be, as more of an expert on the matter, just in general. So I don't want to, like I said, pretend that I can really say anything authoritative or, wow, I did not think about it like that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not... I'm not anything more than just a guy (laughs) that enjoys doing a podcast. And I'm going to do it the way that I see fit, but I guess I wanted to, at a certain point, now being the time, take the time to say there are negative things that happen. There are sensitive topics that that we attempt to address, not on an every single day, 24-7 basis, but it, it... It comes in waves, depending on the things that happen and what topics are being pushed around onto the Twitter and social media platforms in general for Melee and for Smash as a whole, I guess. And I want to say, like I said before, to sum it all up, I see those things. Sometimes I acknowledge them on Twitter. Normally, I, I choose not to because, again, like I said, I don't want to be just taking a sensitive topic or a negative topic and going, I'm going to say something either stupid or or even well-intentioned and thoughtful because even that can be sort of taken out of context. No, I don't want to do any of those things, really. That's That's not me. So I just wanted to say that as me trying to nuance the 
the style or the not the worldview the way that i want to do this podcast is not one of big clickbaity type stuff at all times type podcast where i'm like calling people out or saying ridiculous things none of those things are what i would like to do this is almost this is almost a flagship representation of what me as in jesse at this bottom of the smash mountain podcast wants to do i guess what i'm trying to say is that what you have gotten so far is what you are going to continue to get how about that that's probably the best way to put it you'll have observed in the many episodes that i have done so far that we haven't really gotten into heavy topics and sensitive things and tried to be hot takey about it or fire off dumb thoughts or just basically trying to get noticed, right? And doing the game, playing the game. I'm just simply trying to share my thoughts and I am trying to enjoy the podcasting and the talking about the melee and having fun with that and not so much getting into absolutely everything including the the nitty-gritty or the not it's not it's not even that it's like the sensitive topics or the negative topics i keep saying that i'm trying to speak as generally as i can because i don't like if i bring something up that's specific i'll feel the need to address it because i've brought it up and again i'm not trying to do that and you might be saying to yourself, well, why not? Why not get into that? You you are not trying to be clickbaity about it. Okay, Jesse, that's great, actually, to not utilize or take advantage of a situation where you go, oh, I'm going to get some listens out of this because I'm willing to speak up about it. If that's not you, Jesse, that's fine, but you should at least talk a little bit about it. Well, you got something to hide? No, mm-mm. that's not me. I try to be as open as I can without giving out my address and those sort of things. I am an introverted person, so my internet presence, while I'm doing the sticking myself out there, compared to other people, such as Ludwig, who sleeps on stream and is on stream rather a lot, he's in the middle of the subathon right now, which obviously won't continue forever so it's not like he's in front of a camera truly 24 7 that's not true <laughs> but you get it there are streamers who their face is shown their their house is shown they are on the record almost at all times they're in front of an audience almost at all times that's not what i am striving for or attaining for and that's not how i want to do it there's just going to be certain things that I'd just rather not get into because I don't really know a whole lot of you yet. That's probably part of it. And maybe it's just me being a more reserved person by nature. Honestly, I act a lot of times like I have been streaming live to the internet with a camera and everything. To me, doing these podcast episodes does feel a lot like making myself really, really vulnerable in that at any moment something bad will happen because someone might hear something out of either out of context or just turn it into that sort of thing, you know, to be like, Jesse said this, you know? I, I think that a lot of people who either do content or are just in the 
public spectrum more are kind of afraid of that sort of like canceled thing. And maybe that's why I don't want to get into things that are along the lines of a sensitive topic or a negative topic because I don't want to say the wrong thing. Maybe that's part of it too. I have to be honest. Maybe that's just my irrational fear of 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 being taken out of context and quote-unquote canceled. It could be that as well. I try to think of it as a noble thing where, oh, well, there are people who are willing to talk about that and that's what they want to do and good for them, right? <laughs> I guess I'm not one of those people. I guess what I would like to do with this podcast to try to once again wrap up and summarize is that I want to talk about Melee from a more positive perspective to enjoy what we are spoiled with in terms of competition and content that is being made around all of that and to hopefully contribute positively to the community by way of podcasting and that I'm enjoying doing it as well. That's that's what I want to do and that's what I'm going to focus on. So if you were curious or if you wanted to stick around to hear more thoughts, well, now you know. And that's all I got for today, I believe. So I will catch you later. How about that? Stick around for more interviews and fun things in the near future.